Front office, please hold. Holy shit, it's been so long since we've done one of these episodes. Gents, what's going on? And welcome back, everybody, to the Front Office Podcast. After a week hiatus, the boys are all back, Kev, Jet, and Kyle. And, of course, we wouldn't be the Front Office Podcast without our fantastic partners at the Smoke Shack and BTP Smokehouse. Kev, hit him up with that promo code. Pop 10. FOP10 at checkout uh, for 10% off your online orders. And of course, Human 2.0, the world leaders in athletic fitness and recreation and physiotherapy and rehab. Um, For anyone who signs up for their free trial class, please mention the podcast and not only will you enjoy one of their free trial classes, but you'll also get a second free trial class. On that note, now that the housekeeping is done, I just want to start by saying we have a belated happy birthday to the old man of the group, the man at the bottom of all of our screens right now, Mr. Jethrosa, happy belated birthday, my friend. Well, thank y'all, sir. Thank y'all. As you can see, I just came back from my shift from Bridgehead, and they gave me a gift card. So I feel really appreciative <laughs> that you would remember my birthday. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's going to be in the warm basement. Better put on the old wool cap. <laughs> <laughs> So Jet, if you don't mind, how old are you now? How do I look, man? <laughs> well, you look thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up! You know my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm 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 banging on forty's door. He's one away from being forty years old, everybody. And again, we need to have that sound bite the second you turn forty. Kevin and I are going to call you as Officer McGillicuddy. With the Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40. The second the clock hits 12 next year, that is happening. So get ready. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Anyways, love you, buddy. Happy birthday. And, uh, you know, all the best with uh, with the next year before it's all downhill. But um, love you guys too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, again, I was in Toronto for, uh, for business last week which took me away from uh, from my regular hosting duties. But uh, we're coming back with an absolutely jam-packed episode tonight. So for anyone who's been listening to the show, you know that we've done a few regular segments. You know, we've got the front office film critics, which is obviously Kev's favorite because he doesn't have to do any research and he can talk about movies. We've got... The, uh, the trivia episodes that we've done, which we've done multiple versions of, which we have a lot of fun with. We've got the expansion talk episodes where we dive into expansions of professional sports teams, how they came to be, how they built, and uh, where they are today. And of course, we, ins- uh, we instituted two months ago a really interesting and fun segment, which was a USC campus takeover. So 
we talked about the University of Southern California when they're going through their head coaching search and how, you know, if we were given the opportunity, how we would build up that program. Well, with that, this is something I wanted to do since the, the start of the podcast, because ultimately we're called the front office podcast. This is a perfect way for us to segue into a new regular segment, which we are going to refer to as front office takeover. So for anyone who's wondering what that is, which is including these two guys sitting in front of me, what we're going to do with these regular installments of front office takeovers is we are going to take on franchises that are really in the dumps, you know, people who, you know, don't know what they're doing teams that just haven't figured it out. They're in salary cap hell. They're not talented. Their records are terrible. Their coaching's terrible. Well, we're going to come in and we're going to fix it. So I debated who we wanted to go with in regards to our first inaugural episode. And I settled on one team because ultimately you think about the city that they're in. They love winning franchises. And from both sides of the football coin, they've just had nothing but bad luck for the last 10 years. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to take on Big Blue, the New York Giants, and turn around their franchise from where they are right now and move them forward to a better place. Gents, are we ready for the first installment of Front Office Takeover? Yo, let's freaking go. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say it's getting pretty serious. Um, so what's going to happen is uh, I am going to assume the role of general manager because anyone who follows the New York Giants knows that Dave Gettleman is already out the door. He's basically a lame duck GM. He's going to get fired. He's turned the franchise into an absolute shit show. So I'm going to be assuming the role of general manager. From there, I am bringing on my two friends in front of me to run my college scouting department and my professional scouting department. So playing the role of a director of college scouting is the one and only Kevin Kelly. Well, hello, everyone. I am the director of college scouting. <laughs> I am the director of college scouting for the New York Mets. God the help Giants. us all. Yeah, God the help Giants. us all. <laughs> Giants. Giants of football. And assuming the role of the director of professional scouting is none other than Bridgehead Coffee's finest employee of the month, Jethro Constant. Hello, everybody. All right, Let's make so, some moves. so what's going to happen here is we're going to evaluate the state of the roster. We're going to take it on in regards to what they're going to look like in 2022. Jethro is going to give me his opinions on the current status of the team, the free agent status for 2022, who he has on his wish list to bring in, who he would recommend us getting rid of. Kevin's going to recommend... Every prospect that he wants to go after in the 2022 draft, I'll give you the number of picks that we have, Kevin. I'll give you where we sit. You can give me recommendations based on your generic knowledge because I know you haven't prepared for this one bit. Um, and then basically what we'll do is uh, using the wonderful tool 
that is spot track we are going to dive into their salary cap situation for next year we're going to make some salary cap we're going to we're going to analyze who is on the roster who we don't want on the roster and ultimately how we are going to make this team look in 2022 so without further ado Jethro, I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you've done some research on this. So currently I have on my screen, which I hope you can see, Mm -hmm. I have got the roster for 2022 as it stands. So if you look, we have 42 players under contract for next season. All right. We have Mm -hmm. dead cap hits, which aren't too big, but we have some fairly large contracts in front of us. And If you guys look at the cap space that we have in front of us, we have only $4.5 million to use for cap space before we do anything. So, Jet, take a look at the roster and tell me if you want me to navigate anywhere in particular and give me some of the notes that you've been taking, you know, in the last couple of days and, you know, what what would be your recommendations? Okay. So, you had mentioned uh, you wanted me to... um you know, give my thoughts on the roster as it stands as well. Um, uh, Looking at this team, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some potential here and there. There's a little bit of potential. I, I really like, um, I really like the defensive side of the ball for this team. Uh, They, they, they suffered some injuries. Uh, They had um, Blake Martinez get hurt. Uh, Torres ACL, I believe. And um, uh, Jabril Peppers as well, who tore his ACL. But also, looking also, at that... He's also one of our free agents, by the way. Jabril Peppers is one of our free agents, yes. yes. Okay, so I really like the idea of... Um, uh, what's his name? Is it McKinley? McKinney. McKinney, yeah. Is it David McKinney and Jabril Peppers on the back end? I really like that. I I'm, I like James Bradbury and Adore Jackson at corner. I know Adore Jackson gets burned from time to time, but I like his athleticism and the fact that they could use him as a kick returner if they need to. Okay. Uh, if you know, with Jabril not there. Um, so getting into my wish list, and again, I'm like this is me not restructuring things. This is just my wish list here. Okay, because so, I'm leaving it. Yeah, I'm leaving so- it to you. Yeah, so just give me what what you think on our current roster, and I'll kind of mm-hmm. give you just, you know, so right now, we're really strong at receiver. We're really strong mm-hmm. on the defensive line to a certain extent. Um, and we've got some good depth in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we've, we've pretty much got some holes to fill all over the place. So, anyways, take it away. It's, t- it's time to say bye-bye to Daniel Jones. That is move number one. Get rid of that bump. So I'm just going to make notes as we go here, and then we'll kind of talk about all the moves. Okay. So Daniel Jones, you want Daniel Jones could go in what in what capacity? Trade or release? Try and trade, and depending on how much dead cap he's he is, I know he was like the he was a top ten pick, I believe. So he probably has quite a bit of cap. Uh, in well, terms well, of let's hits. go check that out, Jet. So if we were to outright cut him, we wouldn't save a penny. Mm. 
So we'd so, have to eat eight and a half million dollars. So we'd be, I'd be saying, look to trade him. I know he's young, but I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the consistent upside with it. Right. I think, I think he needs to go. Okay. Um, Evan Ingram. He's a, he's a young guy. Agent. He's a free agent. Huh? He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. He could go. We're okay. good. No resigning him. He could go. Don't resign Ingram. Got it. Uh, John Ross, he's a free agent too. Yep. He could go. Okay. <laughs> um, Devontae Booker. Yeah, he's uh, he's on our roster for next year at three million dollars. If we were to uh, cut I him, think... if we were to cut him, it would only cost us a million, so we'd save two million against the cap. Okay, so I would say try, try and trade him. Like just for a serviceable, you know, someone needing no, just cut him. Just I cut him. I don't think that we could get anything for a thirty-year-old running back who hasn't even been a starter in the league, other than in, with injury. So, okay, fine. So him, we'll just keep. We'll just we'll just eat it. We'll just keep him on our on our big splash. Then he would be a cap casualty. Okay. Um. Man, if we could find a trade partner for Nate Solder, I'd be good. So here's the interesting thing about Nate Solder is they have already released him, and we are paying him $4 million next year to not play for us. Wow. <laughs> that is embarrassing. <laughs> no, that is embarrassing. We My could God. try and find a trade partner for a $4 million cap hit, but that's pretty much all they'd be getting. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the problem solved with him. Um, like you said, we're strong at receiver. To be honest, if if I if we could, man, I I never liked the Kenny Galladay trade I, uh, signing. I never liked it. I never liked it. I know. I know it's a huge cap hit. I just so, uh, we. That's what I'm saying. Like if he could be if he could be traded so. <laughs> Like on draft day, if he could be traded, I would I would love that because I've I never understood that deal. So with him. So here's the thing with Galladay is the next couple of years we're probably gonna be stuck with him because as you saw, if we were to cut Kenny Galladay, we actually would owe more money than what he's owed. So he makes twenty one million dollars next year, and we would actually be twenty three point six million against the cap if we cut Gettleman. Gettleman should have been fired for that signing alone. <laughs> as that can, was such a bad signing. My as, God. As you can see, the Giants situation is not good. Hence why I wanted to take them on because they're mm-hmm. an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kenny and Galladay. Finally, is, I, one last one is I, I, I like Sterling Shepard, but he's a Band-Aid. Yeah. So if someone, if, if, if we could find a trade partner with him, because he's a huge cap hit too. But if someone is willing to, to, to take him on even for like a late round pick and yeah. pick up his his cap hit i'd be good with that because he th- he's the type of guy who will never play 16 games yeah ever okay so, so love it love the notes love the advisement kevin do you have anything that you want to add in regards to how you see the giants current roster right now and where you'd kind of want to you know go towards well since uh, my eyes are to the draft, 
and looking at the two biggest glaring issues with the New York Giants, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, Jethro's right in the sense that you, you could let go of Daniel Jones and look elsewhere, but I'm not going to use the draft to do that. My two areas to focus on are going to be uh, the defensive line unit, which on the interior, they're actually pretty solid. Um, but on the exterior, you know, they got a second rounder last year who's, uh, you know, a rookie this year and growing through the position. But as far as, you know, a defensive line unit, they rank, I think, 30th in terms of uh, most pressures. So they're, they're pretty low in terms of statistically speaking as a defensive line unit. So luckily for the Giants, they have two uh, top six picks yep. going to this draft. Um, and they're likely going to end up with the five and six spot. And if you take a look at kind of the rankings right now for players, and if everything shakes out the way it should, that likely means, Kyle, you'll like this one. They're going to end up landing um, a defensive end that I know you'll be very happy to hear. Um, little guy from uh, small school in uh, upstate Michigan, um, Aiden Hutchinson. Oh. I think they, I think <laughs> if, if he, if Aiden Hutchinson, somehow falls to number five he won't be there he won't be there he there's no way there's no way i'm saying right now is things can happen right and kayvon thibodeau out of oregon could be the number one edge guy as uh you know the the off season unfolds does it end up being that case i don't know but think about who's drafting first the Detroit right. Lions. Yep. Detroit Lions, right? And and I I don't necessarily see um you know a team from Detroit passing on a guy who played in Michigan yeah. and was a Heisman uh, trophy candidate. But I also uh, wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Detroit win another game this year or two games this year. Um just for the fact that I'd love to see Urban Meyer with that number one overall pick and see him draft like a safety or something. Um, but I cannot see him uh, falling that far. But if you look at some of the early draft boards, um, you know, if you, we've all been around the league long enough to know it's silly, but they, you could see a player like that drop. But if he doesn't, if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't end up dropping to number five, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is an edge that uh, that would be a pretty nice consolation for them. Um, and then I think they have to shore up the offensive line. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Nate Solder. Uh, it's always great to have a $4 million cap hit who doesn't even enter the building for you. But they actually probably require at least one person that could be regarded as a top 20 offensive lineman for any position, and they have none. So of all the best positions uh, or best players at each position in the offensive line of football, they have none. Um, So I would focus, I've seen Evan Neal from Alabama being an offensive tackle that's been mentioned, but I'm not sold on him. I want to see how he performs at the combine. And I, I love him. I, and, and maybe I'm just a bit biased, but Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa is something else to watch. He is the best center in the country, hands down. And I really think he's going to transition to being an NFL center 
not unlike uh, Quentin Nelson at guard. He's going to just be aggressive and pushing guys around like an all pro in his first year. Um, I'd love to see him be that guy, but to see a center in the top six would be a rarity. And I think we all know that. Yeah. So I imagine that the best bet would to be uh, find a tackle, right? You can go and sign a left tackle in free agency, but um, we all know Jethro didn't, didn't really uh, show too much interest in that. And, they're going to cost Oh, a you'll lot. see why. Right. We'll we're, see we're, why. Hold on. So we'll, we'll get into that. So, Kev, I, I love where your head's at in regards to where we need to improve and build because yep. I 100% agree with you. I think the exterior defensive line needs some work. I think our offensive line needs a complete overhaul. And the, the linebackers, we need to get more athletic there because obviously Blake Martinez is coming off a torn ACL. As we've talked about numerous times on the show, People don't come back after a year. It's going to take him a little bit longer to get back to that form. So we need to bring in some more athletes there. So we've got a lot to focus on here. But first things first, we need to create some cap space. And we need to, you know, start to, you know, get rid of some guys we don't need. We need to start re-signing some of our own. But before we do that, I got to make some cap space here. Because at the end of the day, we can't do anything unless we have money. So, the best way to do this is one of two ways. So we can cut players outright or we can restructure. So I'm going to go ahead and restructure everyone who is available to restructure. And basically you guys will see how much money that, that kind of frees up for us. So anyone who doesn't know what a restructuring means, you basically lower the base salary for said player. So it, it decreases the cap hit and it increases their signing bonus, so to speak. Now, what this does for futures, it actually bumps up their base salary from what it would would have been. So you're kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit, but it you know kind of saves you from a year to year basis. Teams do this all the time. They you know they structure contracts in a way where they can do this yearly. And you see like a team like New Orleans last year, for instance, seventy one million dollars over the cap. They pretty much got there to the you know to the floor just by restructuring. So. Again, it can be done, and you'll see what we can we can do here. So, I'm going to restructure the man who just signed a long-term extension, Leonard Williams. So, just by restructuring his contract, that frees up $11 million for us. Okay? Next on the list, Jethro's favorite wide receiver, <laughs> Mr. Kenny Galladay. So we're going to go ahead and restructure him. Again, that's $9 million bucks added, so now we're at $25 million. Adoree Jackson making $15.5 million next year. We got to restructure that. So now we're going to save another six. So now we're up to $31 million in cap space. Going down to another one of our high, high paid receivers who can't stay on the field, Sterling Shepard. We can't get anything for him for a trade, to be real. No one's going to take on that cap hit. It's going to cost us more money to cut him. We're going to restructure him, save five million bucks. There it is. It'll be next year's problem as we go. Logan Ryan, we want to keep him on the team great veteran presence he's a great member of the secondary but 12 and a half million dollars you know a little bit too rich for my blood we're gonna you know slash that almost in half save about five million bucks there so now we got 41 million dollars in cap space so just with those restructurings we've created 36 million dollars in cap space now guys so now that that's done these guys are happy they got their signing bonus everything's guaranteed we're good to go there so, Jet, here are some players who I've identified that we, we should be cutting because, again, it saves us that much more money and it gives you more flexibility with your wish list. All right? Mm -hmm. 
So first and foremost, I'm looking at uh, our our veteran tight end here, 33 years old, Kyle Rudolph, making $7.25 million. He's not giving us what we would need. We want to get younger. We want to make this team more athletic. You know, he's one of these guys that unfortunately, you don't want to get rid of veterans like this, but you have to when it comes to a cap world. We cut him outright. That saves us $5 bucks. So now we're at 46.8. Now, moving down the list. Nate Solder, again, if we cut him, doesn't matter. He's on the roster. He's not playing for us. We're still paying him uh, $4 million. But you guys know how I feel about punters. <laughs> I think that <laughs> you can bring in punters, you know, as a rookie, you know, as a rookie free agent, he can come in and compete and really give you ultimately the same things you're going to get with a veteran. Riley Dixon is making $3.375 million to punt the football. That's I'm sorry. That does not add up in my brain. He is out the door. So that's saving us almost his entire contract. So now we are over the $50 million threshold in regards to cap space. Another guy who, uh, again, you, you mentioned earlier, Jet Devontae Booker, two million bucks, thirty years old. I, I can go. I can go find two guys that can fill that three million dollar price tag and probably more effective than Devontae Booker. He's going to be out the door. And Kev, this is a sad one for me, but with his injury that he sustained this year, they've said he's probably never going to be able to play football again. Nick Gates, the center, he was showing some promise. Unfortunately, you know, these things happen. You, you cut bait with that contract. He still gets his money with an injury settlement, but ultimately saves us $2.5 million. So after those four cuts and the restructurings, look how much cap space we now have to work with, gentlemen. $54.57 million in cap space. So Jethro, as my director of professional scouting, we are going to look at our free agents because we need mm -hmm. to keep our guys in house. So let's go do that right now. I so, got targets. As our free agents, we currently have uh, Nate Solder, Jabril Peppers, Evan Ingram, Will Hernandez, Austin Johnson, D tackle, Lorenzo Carter, D end, Billy Price, guard slash center. Levine Toilolo, who is a backup tight end. Mike Glennon, backup quarterback. Elijah Penny, who is a fullback. Danny Shelton, D-tackle. Reggie Ragland, an inside linebacker. Nate Ebner, who's a special teamer slash free safety. Uh, Keon Crossan, who's a backup corner. Casey Kreider, who's our long snapper. This is a great name. Cullen Galaspia, who sounds like Officer McGillicuddy's uh, sergeant in training. <laughs> Um, so he's, uh, he's a free, he's a fullback, but he's a restricted free agent. So we could ultimately tender him and he'll be on our roster regardless. Corey Cunningham was a backup tackle, uh, Joshua Kalu, a backup corner, Kyle Murphy, who's a, a restricted free agent as well. Uh, who's a backup guard for us and Dante Pettis, your favorite receiver, Jethro, who is a wide receiver. So out of that group. What are your recommendations? Who would you like us to, to re-sign? So Jabril's a no, a no brainer. Yeah. Jabril's a no brainer. I, I would take a fly. I would take uh Will Hernandez. I like Will Hernandez. Okay. He's okay. So I don't know, Kevin, if you have any points on Will Hernandez, I will give you my two cents on him. 
Will Hernandez gets the most holding penalties out of any offensive lineman in football because he can't move his feet. He's right. very strong at the point of attack in the run game, but if you watch him pass block, it's actually painful to watch. But that's why I want to keep him because the cornerstone of our team is supposed to be Saquon. So I want to keep him <laughs> to run the ball. Wait. I know he's I know he's a liability on the pass. <laughs> okay i know it's a liability okay so i'll take that under advisement i'll put him on there for now and then we can reevaluate because i i got a plan for saquon Mm. (laughs) okay okay so go ahead um hmm. i like austin johnson he's uh he's a good depth tackle yeah he's having a a good year um I i like lorenzo carter i think he's a he's a decent depth defensive end He's he can play a little bit outside linebacker too. What are your thoughts? Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. I, I'm keeping Billy uh, Price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Mike Glennon could go. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot he was. I was forgot. I forgot he was even in the league. Yeah. Not resigning. Mike, Mike Glennon, Glennon could go. Uh, Danny Shelton's a good plug. Yep. If he if if you if you get him at a good price, that's that's fine. Yep. Um, looking at Reggie Raglan, I like Reggie Raglan, but I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself and I know they don't exactly play the same position, but I told myself I would either, I would want the cheaper of either Reggie Raglan or if I can bring back Alec Ogletree. Reggie Raglan will be cheaper. Okay. So keep Reggie Raglan. Um, so basically, for the rest of these guys, Jet, these are pretty much be league minimum guys. So I mean, Crossin, Kreider, Glass. Nope, I don't even want to give Dante Pettis the league. Dante Pettis the league minimum. You can <laughs> go right. play on a PR somewhere. Just for we you, wasted a, we we wasted a second round pick on him, man. Yeah, they just for the bitter taste in my mouth. Just for you, I am not going to bring back Dante Pettis. But thank you so um, much. So, anyways, so we're gonna let go of Nate Solder, Evan Ingram, Levine Toilolo, Mike Glennon, Elijah Penny, Nate Ebner, and Dante Pettis. And we are going to bring back Jabril Peppers, Will Hernandez, uh, for now. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Austin Johnson, Lorenzo Carter, Billy Price, Danny Shelton, Reggie Ragland, Keon Cross, and Casey Kreider, Cullen Gillespie, Corey Cunningham, Josh Kalu, and Kyle Murphy. Actually, you know what? Based on my plan, get rid of uh, get rid of what? Get rid of Hernandez. Mm-hmm. I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we see the master plan in action. So let me just get back to where we were, where we left off. So here's what I'm thinking in regards to contracts here, fellas. Okay. So for our existing resigns. Jabril Peppers is a priority. Uh, I think with fair market value, I want to lock him up to a long-term deal. So I'm going to offer him a four-year deal worth uh, 35 mil. But essentially the first year cap hit is going to be 7 million bucks. Okay. So we're locking him up. Uh, Lorenzo Carter. So again, young guy, 26 years old. Probably got a couple of, you know, good, decent years to, to really add to our depth. I'm going to give him an incentive-laden deal, but I wanted to lock him up for two years. So we're going to offer him a two-year, $6.5 million contract. The first year is going to be for three mil. 
All right. So Lorenzo is locked up. Austin Johnson, D tackle around the scene, you know, two years around 6 million bucks. So the first year, 25 or sorry, 2.5 mil. Uh, Reggie Ragland. So again, inside linebackers, they tend to be a little bit more expensive than the normal positions, but uh, I think a one-year deal just to let him, you know, prove himself. He can be again, a good depth guy, good leader. Um, one year for three mil, I think is fair market value for, uh, for a guy like Reggie Ragland, Billy price again, Kev, this guy's a former first round pick with the Bengals. He's played center. He's played guard. He can be a good depth piece for us and really can be, you know, a decent starter if we really need to plug him in there. So I want to bring him back for a couple of years. So two years at six mil. So again, this will be 3 million bucks for this year and next year. So we'll get him in at 3 million. Um, all right. So Danny Shelton, again, I don't think he's going to be that expensive. He's mostly going to be a, a hybrid, you know, D tackle who's going to play mostly in a three, in a three, four as a nose. So we can probably bring him back for around 2 million bucks. So we're going to lock him in for two. And then the rest of these guys, these are all league minimums. So now we're looking at 750 K. So Murphy, 750. Kalu, 750. Cunningham, 750. Gillespie, 750. Kreider, probably going to cost a little bit more as a long snapper. So let's just give him a, a cool mill. And then Keon Cross and 750. All right. So we've got our guys re-signed. We still got $29 million in, um, in cap space. So before we get into your wish list, Jethro, we've talked mm -hmm. about our plan for a couple of these players. So first, we'll go to the Saquon Barkley piece because we're in an inter interesting position with Saquon. Because his fifth-year option was already picked up, so he's locked in for next year. Ever since mm -hmm. he has hurt his knee, we've seen everything that you've talked about in regards to people who hurt their ACLs. So now ankle injuries are popping up. Hamstring injuries are popping up. Because he obviously is trying to overcompensate too much to not put too much pressure on that knee. He hasn't looked as explosive. Mind you, it's a year out, so we're going to give him another year before he can potentially be back to normal. But I don't want to wait and see if he's going to break down like a lot of these other stud running backs have over the last five, six years. So while his value is still high in the league, what are your thoughts on trading Saquon Barkley? I'm open to it. So here's my thought. You can shop him around try to get some picks ultimately i don't think teams are going to be that interested in giving us a good return on our investment in regards to picks because realistically he's a second overall pick no one's going to give us a first round pick for saquon barkley right now that's just the reality of the situation right you would never think yeah. that you know never would have thought that two years ago but that's mm -hmm. just the reality of the nfl that we live in and you know the situation that we've inherited mm -hmm. so here's what i was mulling over. And the more I think about it, the more I think we can make it happen. There's a team down in Miami who doesn't seem that high on their starting quarterback. So they don't have a good run game. 
they've tried to plug in certain guys. It hasn't worked. I'm going to call the Miami Dolphins and basically say, look, you know, Saquon, he's not part of our future plans, but, you know, the guy's a second round and a second overall pick. He's one of the best running backs in the league whenever he's there. You guys are looking to, you know, kind of change the way that you're doing things. You're not really sold on Tua. I'd be absolutely happy to swap Saquon Barkley for Tua Tagovailoa one for one. And ultimately, I think that we can make that happen. I really hmm. do. And if I had to throw in a sweetener, I would, because we've got 11 picks in this in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. The one thing is, I if I'm Miami, I'll be honest, I hesitate on that. Here's why. Tua is showing a lot of promise, especially over the last few weeks of uh, this season. And I know that he has a connection with Jalen Waddle, which is why I drafted one of the reasons why I drafted Waddle in the first place. So part of me would feel like, okay, let me keep, let me keep Tua and then either, you know, draft, draft a um, running back, or I take my chances and think to myself, you know what? I don't have to give up Tua knowing Saquon may be a free if he happens to be healthy and have a good season he will cost me more and i'm just adding him to the mix so i i, I see i do see the, the the angle of how that trade could happen but at the same time i'm thinking as miami i'm like okay if i'm really thinking long term i have the waddle and to a connection do i want to break that up right now so here's I, – I figured that that would be a rebuttal from the Miami side, and here's what I would say to that. Two is costing you $3.3 million this year, $4.5 million next year, and if you exercise his fifth-year option, he's going to be running you probably around 19 to $20 million bucks. With the status of your current team, with a lot of these young players who are going to be up for these same contract extensions at the same time as Tua, are you willing to invest 30 to $40 million in this quarterback if he keeps progressing the way that he is? Or do you want Saquon Barkley, who you can build around? And I know that you like Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You can go after him in the offseason. You know what? I'll help you do that. I've got 11 picks in this year's draft. So I'd be more than happy because I know that quarterbacks come at a premium. I'd be more than happy to throw you an additional fourth round pick along with Saquon Barkley. I'll incur the cap hit that Tua is going to become when he's, when he's due for an extension. You don't have to worry about it. You can draft a quarterback, especially because next year's draft class is very strong for quarterbacks. And you can go and get the guy that you wanted all along. Unless you go get Deshaun Watson this year. But you can't do if that. I, if you, you can't do that, if you sit on Tua, because I know that you're not very high in him. I'm giving you a golden ticket here to improve your run game, and ultimately sell some tickets because Saquon's a name. If I can, if I can get, if I can get, if I can, if I have a chance to get Watson cheap because of what's going on with his career right now. If I could get Watson cheap 
he hasn't played in a year so his body's still relatively fresh because you know i'm gonna assume he's training so if i could get if i could get watson cheap i would be way more inclined to doing tua for saquon and I think that's the angle that we'd have to spin. And I think that knowing that Miami is super high on Deshaun Watson and knowing that they're still going to go after him, people can say whatever they want. They were down to the last minute when it came to that Watson negotiation. It just didn't happen. So once yeah. Houston comes to their you know realistic expectations that they're going to have to lower their asking price, he's going to be a Miami Dolphin. So let's save some face here. You can pair up. Just imagine this. You can pair Watson and Saquon Barkley in the same backfield. Done deal. And then you have Waddle that you can use everywhere. Yeah, so, so knowing that I'm going to hit him over the head with that, I'm not going to leave him alone until he says yes. I'm assuming that this trade is going to happen. So we have made the trade. Saquon Barkley for Tua Tagovailoa. We've got our starting quarterback in-house now. So that being said, Jet, what do we do with our existing starter? Daniel Jones. He can still kick rocks. So here's my plan with Mr. Daniel Jones. You know, again, first round pedigree. People are going to think that they can be the person to turn around. He's still only 25 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's making eight and a half million dollars. You know, very manageable. He's an athlete. He can play multiple systems. I'm going to call he up the Seattle. What's he, he stinks. stinks? He stinks. I'm calling Seattle because you and I both know that Russell Wilson is not going to be a Seahawk next year. Mm-hmm. Seattle also has zero mm-hmm. picks mm-hmm. the next couple of years. So when they trade <laughs> Russell Wilson, Adams. Yeah, when they trade Russell Wilson to get some picks back, I'm literally picking up the phone saying, contingent on your deal, whatever you got with Russell Wilson, I've got your quarterback, you know, that can come in and be your starter for next season. So here's my proposal to Seattle. I'm saying Daniel Jones is going to be your starter. I'm willing to trade him to you for DJ Dallas, a 2023 third round pick in a 2023 fifth round pick very reasonable for a starting quarterback but here's my contingency plan if he plays in 80 percent of your games those picks get bumped up to a 2023 second and a 2023 fourth rounder Oof. i don't know if they'll give up a second i don't know but that's that. the thing is that a third and a fifth is a lot more attractive, and it only happens if he plays in 80% of the snaps. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty significant considering he's missed so much time this year. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I feel like at that point, because they have no picks, Seattle might just have to go for it. And their backfield's crowded anyway. Exactly. You know, DJ Dallas, uh, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer. Uh, Chris Carson. Hey, remember at the beginning of the season when we watched Chris Carson training and I was like, there's no way that guy plays an entire season. Yep. You called it. So yeah. So he, so he's there. Yeah. But again, you can't depend on him. but yeah, they, their backfield is crowded. They got to do something. But again, DJ Dallas 
he's a he's a good special teams guy and i really like him I, i'm really high in his skill set but obviously seattle is not because they brought in guys like adrian peterson instead of giving him the chance to carry the ball so first of all kev what are your thoughts first of all on the move for tua and potentially flipping daniel jones for some mid-round picks and a special teamer slash running back in dj dallas um, I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. I'd like to rebuild this team entirely from the draft. I feel that Jet, as pro scout, is trying to justify his job by looking elsewhere through free agency and trades, whereas I know that the future of this team is currently playing in the NCAA, and might I add, you sports football? All right. Fair enough. That's how I feel. Okay. You know, duly noted. So, uh, again, do you guys want to hang on to Daniel Jones then and not try to make that deal? Or what are we doing with Daniel Jones then? What's, what, what's, your, what's your recommendation here? Listen, Daniel Jones can kick rocks. That's all I got to say. If anything, you know who I try and trade him to? I try and trade him to... Houston because Davis Mills isn't the future of that team I try and make some type of move just to get rid of him just for the for the cap space I send him to some I send him somewhere like Houston that that is going to need a quarterback and they could still at least say okay well he's young enough that we could maybe build a little bit around him etc cetera, etc cetera. Houston's going to want Houston's going to want to draft their quarterback man you think hey, so hold on. I got to take on this When's the next uh, movie review episode? <laughs> when, do we, when do we do that next? We'll do that next week, Kev. Um, Perfect. Anyways. Wake me up then. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to trade Daniel Jones because, again, this helps Kevin out in his scheming for this and next year's draft because we'll have added exactly. ammunition in regards to picks. So Daniel Jones is now a Seattle Seahawk. DJ Dallas is coming back. And here's another one. Kev, you mentioned earlier, we want to fix our defensive ends. Jet, I know that you like James Bradbury at corner. Mm -hmm. He's also making 22 million bucks. So here's my thought with James Bradbury. Las Vegas just lost their first round corner from last year in Damon Arnett because he's a shithead. So they had to cut him. What's the go to again? Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the piece of shit school in Ohio. <laughs> Don't even go down that <laughs> So I'm calling up Mike Mayock because he's an idiot and I'm going to take advantage of the situation because he has messed up their secondary so badly. They picked Cleveland Farrell at number four overall two years ago. That was one of the worst trade. That was one of the like most biggest reaches in a draft that I've ever seen. So here's the thing. I really like Cleveland Farrell, but yeah, just, just not at number four, but they rushed him into that role that they wanted him to. But again, he's got pedigree coming from Clemson. He's got term. And, you know, realistically, I think that he 
can be a good depth piece as an edge player for us. So he's good against the run and get after the passer. So all we're looking to get is probably seven, eight sacks out of him a year. I think he's capable of that. So if we flip James Bradbury and bring back Cleveland Farrell, we're going to create seven and a half million dollars more cap space for you to go shopping at free agency. So again, Mayock, you're giving us, you know, some cap space and a guy that obviously you guys have soured on since you drafted him. We're giving you a guy who can shore up your secondary. Welcome to the team, Cleveland Farrell. So Jet, now we are at $43.8 million in cap space. Let's go shopping for some free agents. All right, let's freaking do it. All right. So what positions are we looking at? I, don't, I ain't even going to talk positions. I'm going to tell you who my number one target is. Okay. I don't know if you if you will agree with me, but this is my number one target. And that man is Mr. Brandon Scherf from Washington. I want him on my team. Okay. He is he is one of those prolific Iowa offensive linemen. He does it all. I believe he's been an all pro. He has been. And he's just solid. So to add him to potentially the center that Kev is trying to get through the draft from Iowa, then uh, Andrew Thomas, who's, who's getting better on a regular basis when he's healthy, right? Then um, if we can get a solid, you know, right tackle and another guard, like it will be very reminiscent of um, what's it called? I forget which team. I'm like almost like the Seahawks back in the day. Like just run to the left, <laughs> just just run to the left every time. <laughs> okay, so that's your number one go-to guy. So just just for clarity's sake, Brandon Scherf's gonna cost us probably about seventeen million bucks a year. Yeah, still, if we have forty-three. I'm okay making a big splash. We got like lots that. of we, we got lots of holes to fill, though, man. No, I know we have I know we have lots of holes. I know we have lots of holes, but you know what? Sheriff is going to create a lot of holes, so I'm right. All right, with with getting him. Okay. Then, I, then I think if 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 everything goes according to plan, and you bring in Tua Tungavailoa via trade, I think I would want him backed up by a viable backup not a shit can like glennon who i didn't even know was in the league anymore i would target probably someone if he's a free agent i think i saw on the list someone like mariota okay i think i would target mariota so uh market value probably gonna run us 10 to 12 mil 10 to 12 mil he's really he's making 10 million dollars right now god damn even if he's older shit okay who would be who would be who who would be cheaper maybe winston coming off an acl maybe maybe here's a guy that i'm looking at as a short-term mentor slash spot starter who would be very cheap brian hoyer oh i hate him so much though i hate him so much all i'm saying you know he's he is a cheap option he's gonna cost probably a mil and a half and we're not looking for him to come in and save the team, but he can come in, 
He's great in the film room. He acts as a kind of a second coach. And we can look at drafting a young backup in the draft. And I've got my eye on one guy in particular. But anyway. Okay, fine. Fine. I agree with you. We'll go with Hoyer. Yuck. I don't like it either. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's better than Mike Glennon. Yes, anything is better than Mike Glennon. I'll give you that much. Okay. Is there anybody else? Like, who, who's your next guy? And then we'll kind of go over, you know, how we can remake this. Gusecki. Mike Gusecki. Gusecki. We, we, we have struggled. The Giants have struggled at tight end for a long time. <laughs> you have expensive <laughs> taste, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all the boys say. Yeah. But listen. Um, <laughs> you're literally, you're literally embodying all of our wives in this scenario. Where you're looking at getting <laughs> the, the people who cost the most money, like so again uh, for clarity's sake, Gasecki, just based on the contracts that tight ends have been signing, especially with Mark Andrews this last year, that's going to be the comparable that he's looking for. He's probably going to be upwards of fourteen to fifteen million bucks. God damn. Okay. Um. Uh, in that case, do we just draft one since we have so many picks? So, anyways, here's my list and you guys can tell me and Kev, I want your input on this too, because there's a lot of offensive linemen on, on this wish list. So for offensive linemen, you want Brandon Scherf. I am, you know how high I am on him. I think that he's one of the best guards in football. Are we willing to pay 18 million bucks for a guard for three to four years? Not when your old line is brutal. Yeah. So, Here's my plan. You guys know who James Daniels is? Sounds familiar. He's a second-round pick in 2018 by the Chicago Bears. James Daniels is one of the highest-graded offensive guards by pro football focus. He's he's 25 years old, and... Really, he's probably going to cost us about half of what Brandon Scherf is going to cost. So if we want a good, you know, ass-kicking guard to come in, he's probably at the top of the list in regards to guys who we can get, you know, at a relatively decent price. So for that one, I'm thinking we could probably get him for around 8 mil a season. Thoughts? I like that decision. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. There's a lot more room to build that offensive line. And then, there. and then here's another guy, Kevin, who I know, I don't know if, if I've told you how much I like him. Connor Williams mm-hmm. from Dallas. The Texas product. Exactly. So Connor Williams is a versatile, versatile guy. He can play left, left tackle, left guard, and right tackle. So I want to lock him up as well and you know, steal him away from our division rival. So now we've got two athletic, strong guards who can come in and shore up our run game. Realistically, Connor Williams is probably going to cost us around six mil. So now we're like $14 million for two offensive guards that will still be cheaper than going after a guy like Brandon Scherf. I still want Scherf. (laughs) Everybody wants Scherf. Like, just listen to his name. What's your name? Brandon Scherf. Like, it just sounds like an offensive lineman that's going to maul you. Yeah. All right. So we'll bring in... Plan at center. We got a plan at center. We got a plan at center. 
Linderbaum. And if we don't get him, then we've got Billy Price who can go in and, and play at center just in case. So that's why we want to bring back a guy like that. So Nate Solder is gone, as we've talked about. So we're looking at a right tackle. And again, not a lot out there, but there's one guy who I looked at, or two guys who I looked at that could form this kind of committee that could compete to start. And they're both decent. Again, they're not going to be world beaters, but Brandon Shell from Seattle. Not bad. 6'5, 320, good run blocker, you know, decent pass blocker. But again, you're bringing him in because we want to establish that, you know, that solid physical offensive line. And then a guy from Kansas City who's actually been thrown into the fire this year and has done pretty damn well, Andrew Wiley. Yep. You guys seen him? He's the one who went to the same school as Max Crosby, right? That's right. And you know what? He's pretty damn good, I got to say. And realistically, between these two guys, they're probably going to cost us around $8 million bucks between the two. Maybe less. So if we bring in Shell, and we bring in Wiley, who is a Wiley vet. Oh... <laughs> Now our offensive well line, now our offensive line is looking pretty good considering what it was. We've got our two guards filled out. We've got two guys who are who are going to compete for a tackle position and we've got a guy who can play center if we don't get the one who we're targeting in the draft. So the other guys I'm looking at jet at some of the positions that, you know, that you were kind of identifying. So let's go to tight end. Tight end to me you got to be able to block. I don't want a guy like Evan Ingram because he doesn't block. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's going to be a free agent who is a first-round pick previously who's going to be cheap because he doesn't play where he is currently, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's a guy we could probably bring in a two- or three-year deal for about three to four million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and, you know, yes, he's still, you know, there's still questions if he's 100% after his Achilles tear, but he's he's still a freakish athlete. But that's the thing. We don't need him to be Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah. And then an- another guy who's sneaky good, but again, I'm, I'm looking at him for blocking purposes only, Ian Thomas from Carolina. Guy's six foot seven, 270 pounds. You know, throw him out there. He can act as that, you know, sixth offensive lineman if we need him to. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's not bad. So we bring in two guys to fill in one role from Kyle Rudolph. So now we got O.J. Howard and Ian Thomas. Okay. For running backs, obviously, we got a pretty big hole there now because we got rid of Saquon Barkley. So some interesting names on the free agent market in regards to running backs. One guy that I would love to bring in if the cost was right, but I know it's not going to be is Leonard Fournette. So basically we're going to move on from that. The two guys I'm looking at are right back to back here. We're going to get them cheap. Ronald Jones and Jeff Wilson. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, 
Jeff Wilson's knee kind of scares me a little bit because I keep hearing about it flaring up, but that's also because he'll have a whole off season to recover. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Um, what about Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack could be a good one too. And we can get him for cheap. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's overshadowed obviously because Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor. Exactly. And we could probably get Marlon Mack for about a thousand yard for about a million bucks. Yeah. And the guy had a thousand yard season, you know, we, he was, he was coming off an injury. Yeah. I probably like Marlon Mack a little bit more than Ronald Jones. I do like the fact that Ronald Jones runs like his head's on fire, but. And so, so here's, here's my, my plan with the running back situation. I want to draft a guy in the mid rounds this year, but my eyes are on next year because there's a few really good ones coming out, especially if I can get my hands on a guy like Blake Corum from Michigan. And again, if we can use one of our mid-round picks, and Kev, you can speak to this because you're my draft expert. There's a guy we could probably get in the third or fourth round who Kev knows all too well from watching that Michigan and Ohio State game this year, who's a you know straight ahead, grinded out running back in Hassan Haskins. You know, you pair him with what some of these guys who, you know, they might be able to break a long run, but Haskins can be our, you know, just grind it out three, four yards a carry type guy. So who would you want, Ronald Jones or Jeff Wilson? I'll leave it up to you guys. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. All right. And uh, last but not least, sorry, there was another quarterback who I wanted to bring in. Um, you guys are probably not going to like this, but he's young still he's athletic and we can get him for cheap. And his name is Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> well, that's yeah. it. This episode. It's been fun. <laughs> guys. We'll see you next week. All right, so <laughs> Trubisky is off the table. All right, we won't we won't go after Trubisky. <laughs> All right, so punters, whatever, throw a dart. Here's a cheap guy. <laughs> all right, so these guys are all in. We won't sign them to contracts just yet because, I mean, I, I kind of know how I'd want them. So we'll just kind of run through them quickly. Then, Kev, you can get into who you want for your draft. So we got James Daniels, 6 over 66, or 66 over 6. Brandon Shell, uh, uh, Brandon Shell, twelve over two. Connor Williams, thirty-five over five. OJ Howard, uh, eight over two. Ronald Jones, three over one. Um, Andrew Wiley, seven over two. Brent, Brian Hoyer, uh, one point five over one. Ian Thomas, nine over three. Uh, the punter, one point five over one. So again, we're still probably sitting with a good, you know, ten to eleven million dollars in cap space. And we've got 11 picks in the draft, but Kev, I only want your opinion on our first round picks. So keep in mind, we've got number five and number six right now. I'm going to bring up Todd McShay's top 100 list. Obviously, everyone knows who Todd, Mc, Todd McShay is. He's a pretty damn good analyst. You know, he's, he's a little bit annoying, but he knows his stuff. Anyone but Mel Kuyper. Anyone but Mel Kiefer, exactly. So, Kev, here's his list of the top 100 prospects 
in this year's draft. So I'll tell you one guy that I want to leave out of here with. And then Kev, I know who you want, but one guy who I don't know if you guys know very well, we need help at linebacker. We desperately need to get more athletic there. There's a certain gentleman from Georgia, Nicobe Dean, who I think is an absolute stud. I think he's worth a top three pick in the NFL draft. I feel like we're, we're reviewing draft day again. <laughs> <laughs> Nicobe Dean, no matter what. So you know, to, to your point earlier, Kev, I think Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Evan Neal are one, two, three in no particular order. I think those are the top three picks, no matter what. Number four is where it gets interesting, and that really is, is what's going to play to our favor because ultimately, if Derek Stingley goes, then we're good. You know, we can pick whoever we want, and we can leverage the number six pick for any of these quarterback needy teams if we want to trade down. So the quarterback class is not great, to be honest. So that's why I'd want to, you know, get more picks for next year because that quarterback class is going to be pretty damn good. So, Kev, who do you like at number five and number six? And do you suggest maybe trading down or staying put? Well, if you look at this list, my guy at O-line is much further down from where we're picking. But if you look at some other lists, he's ranked even as high as, as number five. Yeah. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, you've already mentioned that we have a, a safety that's in place, but man, do I want Tyler Lindenbaum. Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Okay. Sounds and like Mandelbaum. And then, and then <laughs> as another prospect, because, I mean, obviously we've got two pretty high picks. Who, who would you be looking at? In regards to who, who's like who's on your wish list of who who you would like? So I'm not a huge fan of the wide receivers that are available in the first round this year. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think it's that strong. Like I think it's I think they're good, right? But I, I there's no one that jumps out at me and says I need to get this. Plus, if you look at our roster already, I think we're okay there. Yeah. Um, it. I think based on what you just said about the inside linebacker out of Georgia, um, he's right in that in that ballpark for guys that we could pick. But I'll throw this curveball at you. Okay. So the combine runs, the senior bowl runs, we've had a chance to do our due diligence. Pro days have gone. If Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson leap out to be the potential all pro hall of fame defensive ends that they could be. Mm -hmm. I think we're trading the number five and another pick, possibly a pick next year to trade up and get one of those two guys. And we use our six pick to get my guy, Tyler Linderbaum. So just shake up the draft day. (laughs) I would, taking over a GM. I would absolutely love to land Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. The reality of the situation is that we're going to have to give up so much draft capital to move up just four spots. It, it honestly would sink us for the next two years. 
for draft picks. Well, I like to live dangerously, Kyle. <laughs> I'll stay. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't mind that. So here's a couple of guys that I like late as for defensive ends. And, like, I want to go defensive end heavy. <laughs> defensive end heavy in the draft. Um, Zach Harrison from your lovely school there, Kev. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's an underrated prospect. Um Another guy who I uh, who I really like from Jethro's favorite team is Jermaine Johnson. I think that he has all pro written all over him. It's just a, a matter of how motivated he is. So again, these two guys could be easily had in in the third and the fourth round if we wanted to, and potentially both with our fourth round picks. Um, so you know, if if we look at where we are, I I, I want Linderbaum for sure. I know that I want to shore up that offensive line with him. All right. So Kev, you're getting your wish. Linderbaum is going to be one of our draft picks, no matter what. And I don't care if we, if we take him where he is or if we can trade down and, you know, get some extra assets, but he's definitely going to be one of our picks. You know, how high I am. Linderbaum. <laughs> exactly. Linderbaum. Just for that purpose, just for that purpose. Um, so again, a couple of scenarios could play out. We can make a trade down with one of these quarterback needy teams. I'm looking at Carolina at eight, Atlanta at nine, New Orleans at 13, Pittsburgh at 15, Washington at 19, Miami at 22, and Detroit at number 24. So some of these teams can be looking, especially, I mean, obviously Miami would be looking for a quarterback in the first round if uh, they didn't get Deshaun Watson. But let's just assume for the sake of you know clarity, we're just going to stick with our picks. doesn't pan out from a trade. So Linderbaum is going to be our number five pick. Absolutely no hands, you know, no, uh, no questions asked. And I, I again, I got to come back to it. I got to take Nicobe Dean, the inside linebacker from Georgia. So if we get guys like Nicobe Dean and Tyler Linderbaum, you're looking at two captains who can be leaders for our, you know, for our rebuilding team from day one, you know, Go look at Nicobe Dean's stats. Go look at his highlight film. The guy's one of the most impressive linebackers I've ever seen. And as far as Linderbaum goes, you're not going to get too many better centers than that guy coming out of the draft. Like, it, it just doesn't happen. So I think when you got two guys like that, you got to take them. You know, it's like the old draft day saying goes as Jeff, you know, Jethro's alluded to, you know, no matter what, you got to go with your gut. So, um, you know, I, I think that those are going to be our, our two first round picks, fellas. And Kev, great job with your scouting. We just got some, you know, two ass kickers coming in to, to help shape the New York Giants for years to come with Nicobe Dean and Tyler Dinderbaum. Now, Thank you. guys that I would want to target for the rest of the draft, you know, just based on where their rankings are, number 37, Daxton Hill from Michigan, hybrid. You know, secondary player, play safety, can play inside, can play outside. You know, we can move them all around the field. Him and Peppers, they can alternate. We can really do some good things on defense. Um, number 70, uh, Brandon Smith, linebacker for Penn State. Absolutely phenomenal. He can play with his hand in the ground. He can play as an outside backer. Uh, love his game. Um, again, I mentioned number 78. Hassan Haskins, you know, that's just shoring up our running back room. We've got two guys, Ronald Jones 
and Marlon Mack bringing us on Haskins. And then next year you look to draft another guy, you can have a really good running back room there. Um, the number 108, Kev, your boy from Ohio State, Zach Harrison, defensive end. I think he's vastly underrated for everything that he does. But again, he could be another pass rusher to add to our stable. Uh, 147. I don't know if you guys have seen this guy play from Iowa. Again, we're matching him up with his center. Sam Laporta, he's a tight end. The guy's absolutely phenomenal. And you know just as well as I do how good Iowa tight ends end up panning out in the NFL. From George Kittle to Noah Fant to TJ Hawkinson, you know, the list goes on and on. So let's carry on that tradition. Um, And then 168, we got Tyler Vrabel, who's actually Mike Vrabel's son. He's an offensive tackle out of Boston College. And, uh, you know, if he's anything like his old man, I think he'd fit in well with the New York Giants, you know, rough it out culture. 184, Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. This is who I was talking about, quarterback. He's a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Built like him, runs like him. Doesn't have the throwing skills yet, but he's a project. I'm willing to take the chance on a guy like that for sure. And then again, seventh round picks are darts at this point. But I mean, you know, there's a guard from Alabama, Emil Echior, starter for them for the last two years. If he falls to the seventh, you got to snatch him up just to add to that. And then uh, there's a corner out of Oregon, Bennett Williams. I mean, I think six foot one, 215 pounds, you know, big guy who can run. You know, we can put him in, uh, put him in that defense to succeed. So that is the front office takeover of the New York giants, everybody. And I know it was a little bit longer than normal, but again, it was a really, you know, really information heavy session. So we needed to take as much time as we could there. So gents, what did we think of, uh, of our, you know, of our take on how we can get the New York giants back on track? I think given that they're in the NFL least, you know, with the exception of, of the Cowboys this year, that, that I think the moves that we made will make them competitive. I think we're stepping in the right direction here. We're addressing the uh, the weaknesses and propping up our strengths, setting us up for uh, success for years to come. And you know what? If Kev has done his due diligence, he knows that if Tua doesn't pan out, next year's quarterback draft class is extremely loaded with franchise and who altering. Who would want to have? Who wouldn't want to have Linda Baum, Linda Baum, <laughs> pick anything in this room and he'll pick it up over his head, snapping to him. And you know what? If he's not snapping the Tua next year, who I don't think that uh, that would be an issue. I think that Tua would be our, our long-term franchise quarterback. But in the event, we got C.J. Stroud. We got Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner. And we've got the, uh, the young fella out of Clemson who is a DJ Ui Agulele. Again, these are three guys who could be franchise quarterbacks in the event that Tua doesn't pan out. We've got some capital for next year, but we're definitely on the right track. But again, thank you to everybody for listening. Glad to be back in the saddle. Thank you to Dine Sports. Uh, you guys are fantastic. And, uh, and Jet, again, happy birthday, man. You know, very, uh, very happy to see that the the beard is still not indicative of how old you are. 
but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge another time. But anyway, one day, yeah, one day, yeah. At the end of the day, it's all good. And Jet, since it's your uh, your belated birthday, you know what to do. Later, bitches. Hell of a show. Hell of a show.